0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: The Senate just voted unanimously to permanently stay on daylight savings. Unanimously, people across the board. Obviously, it's less to pass the House and everything. Yeah, but they were like, no, this is terrible. This clock's moving backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. We just want to stay on daylight savings. Or as the rest of the world calls it, time. Think about how nobody agrees on anything in this country. And the Senate, guys, everyone. Elizabeth Warren... Mitch McConnell, all of them were like, yeah, we all agree on this thing. That is why, cause I love looking for moments in life where you can find the common humanity. To know that I hate the clock switching, to know that Mitch McConnell also shares that hate with me as a human being. Do you know how beautiful that is? Knowing that there's some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I look at the clock and I'm like, ah! And wherever he is, he's like, ah! <laughs> that guys, it gives me hope.
0: Coming to you from the heart of Times Square in New York City, the only city in America. It's The Daily Show, ears edition. Tonight, Dolly can't win. We need to talk about Kimye and Deepak Chopra.
1: This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show, I'm Trevor Noah. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. We begin with the latest developments in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. This morning, the prime ministers of three European countries, Poland, Slovenia, and the Czech Republic, took the extraordinary step of meeting with Ukrainian leaders in Kiev as a sign of Europe's, quote, unequivocal support. Which, guys, you gotta admit, that's really admirable. I mean, these people are having an in-person meeting in an active war zone. Meanwhile, Some of us are too scared to go back to the office. Yeah, I mean, we say it's about COVID, but it's really about Dave at the water cooler. And with the outside world stepping up its pressure on Russia, Russia is now fighting back. Yeah, in a classic move of, I know you are, but what am I? Russia has just announced that it is slapping sanctions on high-profile American targets, including President Biden, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, Hillary Clinton, and Hunter Biden. Yes, Russia says that they will no longer be able to travel to Russia and any assets that they have in Russia have been frozen, which, I mean, sounds ridiculous, right? I, I doubt any of those people have any assets in Russia, especially Joe Biden, right? He just keeps all of his money hidden behind his nephew's ear. What? Now, of course, Russia is carrying out a way more serious crackdown on its own citizens with laws in place against protesting the war in any way. And some Russians, have been trying to find a loophole, right? Turning out in public to not protest anything. That's what they've been doing, which is actually a pretty clever idea, but it turns out the Russian government is not laughing.
2: Meanwhile, in Russia, protesters continue to be arrested. According to this video
0: by activists, this woman holds up a sign that simply reads two words before police take her away. Over 14,000 people have been arrested for protesting the war in Ukraine. Russian police have even detained people for carrying blank signs.
1: Damn, that is next level censorship right there. Imagine that. Even people holding up blank signs, nothing on it, are getting arrested in Russia. I mean, think about it. If you see a blank sign and you automatically assume people are criticizing you, that's your insecurity showing. Yeah, they clearly think they have something to be ashamed of. Because let me tell you something. If I saw a blank sign, someone just standing outside the Daily Show holding a blank sign, yeah, I'd just be like, why, yes, I have lost weight. Thank you. (laughs) You don't see it? I see it. So according to reports, the Russian government has now arrested over 14,000 protesters, which may not seem like a huge number, but remember this, for Russia, where getting arrested at a protest might mean your life is over. 14,000 is a lot. I mean, to put that in terms Putin would appreciate, 14,000 is like two tables' worth of people. Moving on to economic news. As you know, the entire world is facing massive supply chain issues. And with companies unable to solve this problem, some are finding a way to work around it. Ford Motor Company is taking some drastic steps as they deal with the computer chip shortage. They'll now ship some
0: Explorers without computer chips for the rear air conditioning and heat controls. The missing semiconductors will be sent to dealers to install within a year. It's a way for Ford to get Explorers to customers faster during the shortage. The A.C. and heat can still be controlled from the front seats. Ford says customers buying an Explorer without the chips will get a price reduction.
1: Bravo, Ford. This is smart, huh? Instead of delaying sales because of chip shortages, Ford is just gonna give you the car unfinished, and then you can install the chip later on. I mean, essentially, Ford is using the same tricks that we use in relationships. Yeah, you tell someone when you meet them, look, I'm not a perfect person right now, but if you give me a year or two, I'ma get my shit together. Now, you won't get your shit together, but you made the sale. And not for nothing, not for nothing. But anyone who's ever bought a new car knows the experience of trying to get the price knocked down by removing some of the bells and whistles, right? Everyone knows it. You try to buy a car and then you're like, oh, can I get that out? Can I get that? And the dealer, what do they always say? They're always like, oh, sorry, it doesn't work that way. It all comes with the package. But now we know the truth. Yeah, because suddenly they can't get a part and now they're like, oh no, we can remove some features and charge you less. Meanwhile, all of us are still out here with a retractable moonroof when we could have had a few hundred dollars in our pocket. Who needs a special opening to let the moon in their car anyway? In fact, you know what? Now that we know car manufacturers can do this, they should make everything optional on a car. Yeah, if I want to save a couple thousand by not having brakes, that should be up to me. I'll put the brakes in later. See how this shit goes. You know, when you think about it, actually, this makes you realize that a lot of the problems we have in society aren't problems. We've just gotten used to fancy shits. Cars not having heat controls in the back, that's not a problem. Back in the day, You didn't have to worry about the chip that controls the temperature in the back seat because if you were in the back seat, you had no say. Yeah, which is the way it's supposed to be, by the way. You know who chooses the temperature in the car? The person who pays for the car. are you gonna come in my car and choose your own temperature? Oh, Trevor, I prefer 70 degrees. Yeah, and I prefer people who can drive themselves. Shut up, grandpa, let's just get you to the hospital. I'm joking, he died a long time ago. The car was too cold for him. I mean, think about it. Controlling the temperature was, was a front seat privilege, you know, like choosing the music or deciding what to scream at the dude who just stole your parking space. What, are you, are you being serious? Yo, that guy, that guy just took my spot! You ass bucket! Hey, hey, I got this. You ass bucket! You see, that's how it's done. And finally, let's move on to some entertainment news about country superstar Dolly Parton. Not only... Is she one of the world's greatest singer-songwriters? She is also one of the world's most beloved people. Everyone loves Dolly Parton. Yeah, I'm sure even QAnon is like, sure, she eats babies like all other celebrities, but only the babies who deserve it. But here's the thing. Dolly Parton doesn't need all our love. Country music star Dolly Parton is saying thanks, but no thanks to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yesterday, she
0: announced that while she's extremely flattered and grateful, she's pulling out of this year's nominations. She posted a statement on social media saying, I don't feel that I've earned that right. I really do not want votes to be split because of me, so I must respectfully bow out. This is not the first time Parton has turned down a major honor. Last year, the self-described Backwoods Barbie asked Tennessee lawmakers to drop a bill that would have cemented her legacy in statue form at the state's capitol. Parton also revealed to Hoda and Jenna she declined the Presidential Medal of Freedom
1: twice. I don't work for those awards, it'd be nice, but I'm not sure that I, you know, uh, that I even deserve it. Wow. I love how Dolly Parton is treating these major awards you know, like there's some random dude on the street trying to hand her a flyer. Hey, can I interest you in the Presidential Medal of Freedom? No, thank you, not today. God bless you, though, honey. God bless you. For all those people who said, Dolly doesn't deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, this has just proven you wrong. Because turning down the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the most rock and roll thing you could do. Dolly's like, I don't consider myself rock and roll. And the Hall of Fame is like, ah, that is so punk rock. Ah. I also get why Dolly Parton doesn't want a statue of herself. We've seen how celebrity statues can turn out. You think it's gonna honor your legacy, but instead, it just shows what you'd look like if you were left in the microwave for 45 minutes. But yeah, Dolly Parton doesn't do any of this for the awards, which is truly wonderful. It says so much about her, and I think it sets a great example for the rest of us, what we should aspire for, you know? This is why we here at The Daily Show are honored to present Dolly Parton with this special award for the most humble person in the world. Congratulations, Dolly. You did it! Woo! <laughs> yeah! Oh, man. Oh, and, and by the way, this award doesn't just come with a trophy. It also comes with $27,000 from my bank account, yes. Now, unfortunately, Dolly Parton has refused to accept this award, so I'm just gonna keep that money. All right. Now, The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame aren't the only awards coming up. A couple of weeks from now are the Oscars, which a lot of people are excited about. Yes, but Louis Black is not one of those people, as we're about to find out in a segment we call Back in Black.
0: Oscars are just around the corner. That magical night when America's finest actors seethe with rage while British people pretending to be Americans steal their awards. And if you're not excited about the Academy Awards, welcome to the club. They suck. For years, the Oscars broadcast has drawn fewer people than the strip-aerobics class I teach. It's exercise, and it helps me unlock my sensuality. So this year the producers are trying to get us watching again in ways that range from the idiotic, to the insane. The producers of the Oscars are slimming down the broadcast in an effort to boost slumping ratings. Eight awards will now be presented off air, including the Oscars for film editing, makeup and the hairstyling and music original score. The ceremony for those categories will begin an hour before the telecast. The winners will then be sprinkled into the three hour broadcast. The president of the Academy says the changes are necessary for the future success of the Oscars. You can't cut out the men and women who work behind the scenes. Without them on stage, the Oscars are just awards for Hollywood's greatest sex criminals. How sad is it that the Academy has decided that the reason people don't want to watch its award show is that there are too many awards? Recognizing excellence through awards is the whole point. Without that, the Oscars are totally meaningless. Also, with that, the Oscars are totally meaningless. It's especially unfair not to broadcast that makeup and hairstyle Oscars. Those people are the backbone of our industry. I have a whole team of people working hours to make me this beautiful. Now, if people simply don't care about the little awards, then sure, cutting them will make the show more appealing. The problem is nobody cares about the big awards either because they keep nominating movies nobody has seen. Okay. I did see The Power of the Dog but only because they tricked me into thinking it was a superhero movie. If the dog doesn't fly, that's not a power. So now the Academy has a real problem. Sure, they could just nominate movies ordinary people like, but that wouldn't be a good idea either because ordinary people are morons who only like dumb movies that don't deserve nominations. So instead, they've come up with the perfect way to pander to fans while also insulting our intelligence. And the Motion Picture Academy is looking to get film fans involved. The Hollywood Reporter says this year, folks on Twitter get to vote on their favorite movies of last year using the hashtag OscarsFanFavorite. Can be any title, so you're not limited just to this year's nominated pictures. The movie that gets the most fan votes will be recognized during the Oscar show. What a great idea! Let's let Russian bots choose the Oscars. They did such a terrific job with our elections. There's already a vote for fan favorite. It's called buying a ticket, asshole! If the Oscars are so desperate for viewers, there are better ways to get eyeballs than cutting categories or polling Twitter. How about a halftime show? It works for the Super Bowl! Also, how about making the stars smash their heads together until they get brain damage? It works for the Super Bowl. But really, we all know what makes the Oscars such a drag. Those interminable speeches and clearly playing people off with music doesn't do jack shit.
1: Back to you, Trevor. Thank you so much for that, Lewis. When we come back, Kim, Kanye, Pete, and why it's not fun anymore. Don't go away. One of the strangest things to try and wrap your head around, I find especially in America, is when a story stops only applying to the, um, not the industry that it's in, but sort of like the sector that it's in, and when when it starts affecting everybody or speaking to everybody, you know? What I mean by that is there are some stories that are purely like entertainment. It's tabloid. It is, it is what it is. There are some stories that are only sports. There are some stories that are only in the world of fire. But then there are some stories that I feel transcend everything and then speak to larger conversations. And I honestly think the, the Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, Pete Davidson situation is turning into that. You know, it started very much in the land of tabloid, but I feel it's creeping and has crept into a world that more people should pay attention to, but not for the reason that you may think. You know, for those who don't for those who don't know, Kim Kardashian was married to Kanye West. If you don't know that, I really envy your life. I want to know how you roll and how you avoid all these things. But they were married. They got divorced. And over time, Kanye has become more and more belligerent in how he tries to get Kim back. Like when it started, it was it was, you know, some would say romantic. Oh, I want you back. And, you know, here are roses. And this is my dream. And, the, and some people are like, oh, okay, it makes sense. You're trying to win somebody back. We understand that. But over time, it's become more and more belligerent. And one of the most extreme examples was Kanye West putting out a music video. Where in the music video, he... Like, it's a claymation music video, I should say. He chops off Pete Davidson's head. And I mean, we, we all understand the subject. like, I, I wish this guy was dead, is, is, is what is saying. Now Kanye, you know what I mean? To be fair, Kanye says, no, this is just art. I don't actually wanna hurt him. This is just art. Don't judge my art. But here's, here's the thing. First of all, just like from a rap perspective, I was sad that now like rappers, like claymation and rap beefs are a weird combination. I'm not gonna, it's pretty hard in my opinion to be gangster with claymation because you have to do like one frame at a time, you know? I do understand that art can be therapy. I honestly do understand that, right? But I also understand that therapy can be therapy. Do you know what I mean? And what's weird about the situation is, Kanye West has told us that he struggles with his mental health. So I get it. You, you wanna have artist therapy, but here's what's weird that Kanye doesn't understand. is like, what we're seeing is it's, it's, it makes you uncomfortable, man, because here's the thing. Eminem was Eminem from the beginning. I'm gonna kill my ex wife. I'm gonna. But it was his shtick, and we knew it was his shtick. He wasn't that person. With Kanye, we don't know how to feel. We don't know how to worry. And I think Kanye doesn't seem to understand that. He goes, Oh, leave me to create my art. Yeah, but Kanye, you told us you have problems. Now, when we worry about that, you say we shouldn't worry because it's not problems or it is problems. Which is it? It puts society in a precarious position. And the reason I say that is because of his harassment of Kim which I know is crazy to say, because there's a lot of people go like, Kim Kardashian, she loves publicity. She loves celebrity. She loves all of this. She does the Kardashians. This is her life. This is her thing. Yeah, and, and I get it. But there's also an element of a woman saying to her ex, hey, please leave me alone. You know what I mean? Please leave me alone. And so like this story keeps on escalating. You've got Kanye West, who's harassing Kim Kardashian and then you've got Pete Davidson who's now embroiled in the whole thing. And the story escalated to a new level when now Pete Davidson leaked texts that he sent back and forth with Kanye. He sent a selfie to, to, to um, Kanye West, and Kanye said, where are you? And he said, I'm in your wife's bed. Funny, right? And we also don't, because I mean, we don't know what the person's doing. We, we know what we, he's implying but because of the pandemic, in your bed could mean anything. Like my bed used to be a place for sleep and sex. Now it's also like my living room slash meeting area. So in your bed could mean anything. But we get what Pete was going with, right? We get what Pete was going with. Going, I'm in bed with your wife. Then after that, there's a whole bunch of texts where he says, hey, listen, Kanye, let's talk as men. Let me help you with your mental health. I've also got mental health issues. It was actually that part of the, 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 the message was really beautiful. But I'm sorry, guys, to start a message with, I'm in bed with your wife and then go like let me help you with your mental health yeah now you've added to the mental health of the person that you're trying to help them with do you get what i'm saying it's a little bit crazy it's a little bit like roasting somebody while you're giving them cpr and now this thing it's it's spun into a story that seems fully tabloid but i think i think deserves a little more awareness from the general public it's it's because it touches on something that is more sensitive and more serious than people would like to admit. I know everyone thinks it's a big marketing stunt. Oh, look at the coincidence. Kim is launching a new show. Except, Two things can be true. Kim likes publicity. Kim is also being harassed. Those things can be happening at the same time. Because I'll be honest with you, what I see from this situation, I see a woman who wants to live her life without being harassed by an ex-boyfriend or an ex-husband or an ex-anything. You may not feel sorry for Kim, you know, because she's rich and famous, because of the way she dresses, because she appropriates black culture, because she tells women they're lazy, because she broke the internet and then didn't put it back together, whatever. You hate her, whatever. But, but, what she's going through is terrifying to watch, and it shines a spotlight on what so many women go through when they choose to leave. You know, people always say that phrase to women, they go like, why didn't you leave? Oh, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you leave? Yeah, because a lot of women women realize when they do leave, the guy will get even crazier. And when I say crazy, I don't mean mental health crazy. I'm like it's you you understand what I mean, you know what I mean. The point is that Kim Kardashian and countless other women, they find themselves in a terrible position, you know? Because asking Kanye to stop clearly isn't helping. But at the same time, he hasn't broken any laws, you know? So can she get him arrested? No, I don't think so. Would she even want to? I mean, you know, she spends half her time helping black people come out of jail, so now she can't be throwing Kanye West in, it's a bit of a paradox. But still, she's being harassed. And I get it, society's like, ha ha, you deserve it, this is funny, this is that. And I get it also from Kanye's side, In like, the parts of Kanye, there's, there's parts I understand. I understand Kanye saying, I don't want my daughter on TikTok. I get, I, I agree with that part of what he's saying. I'm not involved in other people's relationships though. You know, I think that's a separate issue. What we're seeing though is one of the most powerful, one of the richest women in the world, unable to get her ex to stop texting her, to stop chasing after her, to stop harassing her. Just think about that for a moment. Think about how powerful Kim Kardashian is. And she can't get that to happen. I grew up my whole life in an abusive household, right? Most of my life, let's say from the age of nine to whatever, 16. One of the things I found most interesting was how often people told my mom that she was overreacting. What I found interesting was how many times people told my mom to calm down, people told my family to calm down, everyone, you know? And everyone had different reasons. Oh, I remember once we went to the police station and they said to my mom, oh, but did you talk back? Is that, is that why you're here? You know, uh, you know oh, but, but what did you say to him?" It's all these questions, all these questions. I remember seeing this as a child, by the way. You see this as a child, you know? And you see a world where women are questioned for what is happening to them as opposed to people questioning what is happening to them. And for years, people said this shit, ah, no, this, ah, you know, these, this, this happens, this happens, that happens, this. everyone, police, some family, strangers, whatever it was, whatever it was. And I'll never forget one day, I got a call from my brother saying, hey, mom has just been shot in the head. She's in the hospital now, she's just been shot. And I'm not saying it to make it about me, I'm just saying, Maybe that's why I look at the story differently, to be honest with you, is I go, it seems like nothing. And again, I'm not saying Kanye will, please. I'm not saying he will. I'm not saying that. But you see it in all these stories where people say, we saw it, but we didn't. Or we, whether it's the people around him, whether it's the people in their lives, whether it's us as society, condoning or not condoning. And I know it's nuanced. I know, I'm not saying Kanye is just a bad guy, please. But just as society, man, we have to ask ourselves questions. Do we wish to stand by and watch a car crash when we thought we saw it coming? Or do we at least want to say, hey, slow down. Let's, put, let's all put our hazards on because there's a storm right now and some shit might go down. Let's just, let's just put our hazards on. If it doesn't happen, hey, the worst thing we did was we all had our hazards on like idiots. I'm, I'll be fine to say I was an idiot, nothing happened. I would rather be in that situation than to be in one where I say, man, I wish we didn't think the whole thing wasn't worth looking at. And all I'm saying about the story is, if Kim cannot escape this, Kim Kardashian, if she cannot escape this, then what chance do normal women have? Welcome back to The Daily Show. My guest tonight is Dr. Deepak Chopra. He's a pioneer in integrative medicine and popular spirituality. And he's here to talk about his latest book about finding prosperity within. Dr. Chopra, welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you. Um, Abundance, the inner path to wealth.
2: Inspired by a lyric from Bob Marley. I love it. Who said, some people are so poor, all they have is money. Oof.
1: I saw someone ask him a question about that once in an interview, they said to him, are you rich? And he says, what does that mean? <laughs> yes. Am I rich in friends? Am I rich in family? So Am I beautiful. rich in life? Am I rich in money? What is rich?
2: What is rich? And that lyric inspired me actually to do some scientific research on, does money buy you joy? Does it buy you true love? Does it buy you intuition, creativity, insight, imagination? Does it buy you even safety and security? And the answer is no. So money has a role.
1: But it's not everything. For for the everyday person who's reading this book, what I loved about it is you, you go through parts of the body, you see the different chakras, you see how you you tie um, yoga poses into you know the connection between the spirit, the body, and the mind. I I would love to talk about how we as people can better connect with an abundance inside of ourselves whilst also acknowledging the external factors that affect us because many people may not be extremely poor obviously there are many who are but you know there are a lot of people who go well i'm not i'm not extremely poor but i'm not so wealthy that i can't care in life how do you begin to even start this journey of finding an inner wealth when you are thinking about your next check etc you know the
2: word chakra has become very popular yes. as you know because of yoga But chakras are just centers of awareness that represent the hierarchy of needs. The chakras speak about seven levels. So level one, survival and safety. Okay. Level two, sensuality through the five senses, which is mindfulness. Okay. Every experience through the senses should be sensuous and vibrant and alive. The third is money and abundance. The fourth is love and belongingness. The fifth is creative insight. The sixth is higher consciousness in terms of insight, imagination, archetypal thinking. And the seventh is transcendence. So each of these chakras has special modalities to activate them through attention, intention, and transcendence. And there are rituals for doing this. People say, why rituals? They are symbolic representations of our needs and our aspirations. Mm. What do you think we should be aspiring to? Ultimately, to joy. If joy is not the measure of success, you wasted your life. Wow. You don't want to end your life saying,
1: I made all the money in the world, but I was never joyful. You talk about everything. You, you, you study everything. You know, uh, I think that's what a lot of people enjoy about your work is that it is not um, apart from the world, but it is a part of what is happening in the world. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in Ukraine. You know, we, we we're seeing a situation now where the whole world feels like it is at the mercy of a madman. And when when I was reading a you, you know this book, I was thinking these are such fantastic tips on how to do whatever you want to do. And then I sometimes go. Man, what if books like these get into the wrong hands? What if the wrong people use your books to go, oh, this is how I will actualize an evil thing in the world? So when you look at somebody like Vladimir Putin, for instance, you know, is he not actualizing everything?
2: A Freudian analysis of Vladimir Putin is that he is a sexually impotent psychopath who is taking his rage out through mass murder. He belongs in a cage at The Hague, ultimately. And the only way, by the way, he can... There's no military solution to it. One solution could be, again, a gandhian (laughs) mendelian solution if the Russians participated in civil disobedience and massive peaceful strikes and paralyzed the country. Now, they would do it if they knew what the facts are. But now he's cut off all the media and Twitter and all that. Uh, that's, in in the, practically speaking, the only way, is for the Russians to get rid of him. Wow. I'm still getting
1: over over the fact that you said he is impotent and he's it's taking. It's a out.
2: Freudian interpretation. Freudian interpretation. As you know,
1: Freud was obsessed with the first chakra. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's an interesting world that, that in how they all tied together. You 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 actually tweeted, um, you know, to, I think it was to Putin essentially. You said karma never loses an address. That's it. Help me understand that, though. Does that mean that, you know, bad things will happen to bad people? Or does it mean that maybe in the next life something could happen? Like, when does does Putin's karma come? It's an echo from the past. I have seen very rarely
2: tyrants, whether it's Saddam Hussein or it's many of the recent people from Libya, Gaddafi, um, or what's his name from... uh, uh, that country next to yours. Oh, Zimbabwe. Z- um, Zimbabwe.
1: Now I can't believe I've forgot, uh, forgotten his name now. He uh, was yeah. so
2: omnipresent. Robert Mugabe. Mugabe. Yes. And and the other guy, Idi Amin. And They all had very terrible ends. You know, so you never know. So I believe in the law
1: of karma. It's an echo from the past. Hmm. Um, one of the issues that you are really passionate about is suicide prevention. We, we've seen a lot of that a spike, especially in the pandemic. Your foundation works to, to, to fight yes. this. Yes. So
2: suicide is the second most common cause of death in, among teens. Uh, it is uh, every forty seconds somebody is killing from themselves in the world. Last year, more people died from suicide in Japan than from COVID nineteen. Wow. It's uh, it's the biggest pandemic and our humanity is incomplete unless we address it so we created uh, this uh, website called neveralone.love and we have a chatbot over there named Pee-Wee, named after a recording artist who died from suicide and she is a machine and teens love to talk to her because they don't feel judged and uh, and they're more uh, more comfortable talking to a machine than wow, a human. Wow! Are you being. serious? I'm serious. This is the world we live in. So she has now de-escalated about six thousand suicide attempts, eleven million conversations happening through text. How do you program
1: that machine? Because it's a- an AI. Yeah, but but AI has to be taught by yeah. somebody, and as we've learned in other tech. AI will have its shortcomings because of who... D- so what what do you try and teach the AI it's that a, we should maybe be learning?
2: It's an ethical AI. And now there are safeguards on how to create ethical AIs which are not like fake videos or fake uh, anything. Yeah. And it's built into the system, the ethics. And there's a whole association now amongst AI experts that is accelerating the movement of ethical AIs. This is get, going to get even better in the future. And of course, we always have humans at the back end. You have to. Right.
1: Uh, Dr. Jeepak Chopra, you're a fascinating man. You know, the chakras, AI, Vladimir Putin. I mean, it all comes together with you. Thank you for taking the time to join thank me on you. the show.
2: You're very good to me. And thank you. Thank for you so much for this. being here. Thank you.
1: All right, everybody. Abundance, the inner path to wealth, is available now. Dr. Chopra also has a meditation app and an Audible podcast, so be sure to check those out as well. We're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go, please consider supporting the National Network to End Domestic Violence. They work to meet the ongoing and emerging needs of domestic violence victims. If you can help them in their work, then please donate at the link below.